2: It's Doug from the Point of Sale Data Minute. Thanks for joining us today for another episode of the podcast here on LinkedIn Live and streaming on the Point of Sale Data Guy YouTube channel. Apologies for the technical issues earlier. You should see a link from LinkedIn to uh, capture this. And if you did, you're watching right now. And if not, again, join the Point of Sale Data Guy YouTube channel for more information. So I'm excited today to bring another episode sponsored by Crunchbox and in conjunction with my friends at the Canadian Office Products Association and the Canadian Home Products Trade Association, streaming to their members today. Effective category management, how point of sale data plays a role, and I'm excited to bring Russ Epstein on today. He's a 30-year veteran of category management, shopper marketing, he's the founder of the Catman analytics group, so Without further ado, I want to introduce you to my friend, the Catman Analytics guy, Ross Abstein.
1: Wow. Thanks, man. I, I, I appreciate the moniker. I'm still trying to kind of figure out how to like put that on a business card. Thanks it's for the applause.
2: It's more like a postcard.
1: Yeah, thanks for the jaded applause. I like that. I was kind of <laughs> looking for a couple of whoops in there. Um, no, it's great. I I, I really appreciate uh, you know the friendship we've had, you know, just within the last six or seven months and really talking about the importance of uh, of where POS and kind of Catman kind of play arm in arm. And I think a lot of people understand kind of what POS is. And I think there's a little bit of understanding of kind of what Catman is. So hopefully today we get a little bit of that kind of out from underneath the table. And really maybe there's ways to like partner together on, hey, it's not just about a tool, but it's about, do you have the right tool? Do you have the right insights? Do you have the right people understanding how to take that? Because at the end of the day, and I think it's kind of like what my moniker has been is how to use that for a story. What's your story? What's your narrative? If you're just trying to put something together and you don't have any of that and you can't tell it simply, it's just a very expensive piece of numbers, right?
2: Yeah. And
1: so, you know, there's a lot of things that go into why things are on the shelf, why things are online, why things do the things they do. And that's kind of the stuff that I've been doing for a really long time. And I'm excited to to talk to you and your team and your group about that. So thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, no, look, I think it's going to be a great conversation. We've gone back and forth on topics and we landed on this one uh, over the last couple of weeks, I guess, since we yeah. started promoting it. And I think with your experience and in, in being, you know, in larger organizations like Samsung, signify craft, et cetera, you, you've seen it all. And you've peeled away a lot of those layers to get right down to a, you know, from a, ma- a macro strategy to, to really enabling the micro parts of that, to make that work. And in my experience, you know, I, I deal primarily with some smaller suppliers who you know, yeah. likely struggle on the cat management side of their business. They struggle on the point of sale data side of their business. Heck, some don't even use it. Some think it's only for their sales and marketing teams only. So they're not yeah. really sure why anyone else in the organization would want to use that, be it supply chain or product teams or anyone who's doing category management. So at the end of the day, they're really flying blind. So I think it's important today to peel away some of that and share your experience and your stories on yeah. how point of sale data is really at the foundation of how you're building the effective strategies that you've built. And then, you know, we'll go through your posts that you teased everyone with earlier this week and just kind of, you know, peel back the layers there again and see, yeah. see what we can dis- discuss about that. Because at the end of the day, uh, these sessions are all about, you know, sharing information, helping others get over the hump. And uh, our goal today is just leave them with something to think about. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, that I think are kind of interesting. Um, I, I read in, in, you know, in, in a survey that a typical grocery store has like 40,000 items. And then the average shopper, as they're walking down an aisle, it takes about 27 seconds to kind of hone in on where you want and about 1.7 seconds to make a decision. How good is your product? Like, if your product doesn't stand out on the shelf, or quite frankly, if you're online, if you're doing consumer electronics. Um, if it doesn't stand out, you don't really have a chance, right? You know, placement of where it's at is really important. And all that, you know, really surrounds the foundation of, you know, understanding your business and you understand your business by POS, right? POS and category management, category data, you know, um, shopper data, but the basic foundations like, what happened, what what's selling well, is, is really a lot of the things that you guys do is like honing in on all that information, that data, that is a gold mine of information. What's the product? Where it's selling? Um, And if you really attribute it well, and, and we'll talk a little bit about what attributes are, you know, you want to attribute that data in the way that a consumer thinks about that product, then you can start specializing where it goes on the shelf, what store it should go into. I mean, there's a whole host. So the basic foundation is just to have that. If you just read a report every Monday about how your sales are doing, well, here's an example of what could happen. If you just did a simple ranking report of here's my best items from one to a thousand and the number one thousandth item is a very unique item. Well, a businessman may say, well, take that out of the set, take that out of, of, of the consideration set. Well, if you were only selling glazed donuts, I was going to do a Horton's donut thing, but I I don't really, I don't really know those guys very well. So I'll do a Krispy Kreme one. If you only sell glazed donuts and you come in with a chocolate donut, well, that's pretty unique. It may not fit in the ranking report, but if you came with a cheese danish, well, quite frankly, that's incremental. It probably is the last item in that set, but right. that item is an and, not an or. And so now I just got two things in the basket versus one. So understanding having that data set is the first part. That's POS. That's, that's the, the foundation of all knowledge. And then category management really is that process of taking that data and understanding the who's, the what's, the where's and the when's. And then if you throw in shopper and their perceptions, it really allows you to say, hey, we have some opportunities in this size, in this color, in this pack size, all those things that help judge what your product could be today. And then a year later, once you do the seven, eight step process, you get to the the category review, it allows you to say, maybe we should change what that item is or maybe we should change the packs. Hey, the competition is selling 40 ounce items 60 ounce items and we only have a 20. uh the competition's really green the competition has got multi-packs well if you don't know that or your multi-packs are all that are at the bottom well it's your distribution right so there's a whole host of things that kind of go into that and personally pos is kind of the groundbreaking piece of it and again if you only use it for that monday report that's great um, but really understanding of like what I would call, and we can talk about the analytical framework is like, how's my business, is really understanding much more than um, just those numbers. Because again, it's really expensive uh, to pay for, hey, I sold three. (laughs) Well, was it it incremental? Uh, Did I sell it on Monday or Wednesday? Did I sell it in this store? You know, what what are those components? Category management, when it was founded, like mid '90s, I think Brian Harris and 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 a lot of his group and the TPG group years ago, really started that process as a supply chain savings. It was about, hey, I have too much inventory, I need to move it on shelf. This is when it was ninety nine percent, you know, on shelf. Um, you know, utilizing techniques to understand uh, what the category is, what its role is, how it how it people shop for it and then utilizing that to better position it so that I didn't have all the stuff in the back room because it cost me money to have stuff in the back room. So, you know, you know that POS piece is really, really important. And again, you have to understand your business because if, you know, I, w- when marketers come to me and say, hey, here's my new product and it's got all these bells and whistles and here it is on the shelf, go to a OTC set, look at pharmaceuticals and just look at a box. that's three inches by three inches and say, well, that's my product. Like how see how great it is? I, I can't see it. There's a thousand items in this set and three hundred do eighty percent of the business. Why do I want you? You know, and so really positioning it to advantage yourself is what category management can do. So just by like two cents. Just two or three
2: cents. Yeah, and how have you seen your category management strategies and the point of sale data maybe change things like like you're talking about, like packaging or change pack size. We've seen with a flow of kind of e-commerce orders during the, you know, the COVID period where, you know, it appears that consumers will buy more like larger quantity online, particularly if they're heavier products. And, you know, then some of that packaging was never meant to be picked, packed and shipped. It was just meant to be put in a cart and put in a bag. But have you used point of sale data and kind of, um, your strategies when it, or other strategies when it comes down to, like you're saying, changing the size of the product, the shape of the product, the color of the product. How'd that, how, how have you seen that uh, impact over the years? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I,
1: I think um, the whole thought process on where online and in-store is going, um, for the moment, everyone's trying to, trying to treat it separately. And you hear Omnichannel and you hear Endless aisle, and you hear, you hear a whole host of kind of buzzwords and and we're all still trying to figure out how they kind of meld together. You know, at the end of the day, you're probably not going to put everything in every store. You're probably not going to be able to put everything into maybe the one channel you want to focus in on. Uh, The concept of endless aisle or omni channel says, Hey, I have a shopper who's probably doing both consumer electronics, very high into the research, go to the store, touch field, and probably go out and buy grocery store. Um, probably not going to buy a banana online it's probably not going to happen right uh, so you're still doing some center store stuff but maybe paper towels and paper products you're kind of doing offline so when I think strategically about how I kind of meld those two together you know part of it is is will my assortment allow me to have the minimum on shelf that gets people excited about my brand gets people excited about my product with an opportunity to go on like hey um, I have 20 different flavors, you know, I'm going to put the top three on, but I'm going to have a mention on my box, on my packaging that says, Hey, if you like this, go here. If you like this, here's a QR code, go here. And in fact, how big have QR codes gotten recently? Right. I mean, right. I remember those things 10 years ago, we were like, those things are laughable. Like no one's doing that stuff. No one has time to like put their phone out. And now my parents are doing QR codes, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like, so, so strategically, you know, it, it can be a big assortment tool for you to kind of play both leverage both you're not gonna sell your whole alignment on online. And quite frankly, you're not gonna be in, you may not have the opportunity to do it in store. So there is probably a meld of that. So I think assortment is one of them. I think um, promotional and kind of digital knowledge, right? So a way to get your brand top of mind. So when I think about packaging and placement, those are kind of in-store things, but brand reputation, price. I mean, all those things now become top of mind for people before they walk in the store, right? So, you know, uh, Publix is right down the street from us. Thank you, Publix. And I actually go online sometimes before to log things in onto my little website that allows me to say, okay, here's some things that I'm kind of looking at it. They're in my consideration set. Would I think about buying them when I'm there? I mean, I'm a sucker for displays like anybody. I mean, my theory is if I tripped over a display of hot dogs, I'll probably buy it. I don't even need them. Um, But, you know, having that opportunity. To have something in basket or a thought process prior gives you that uh, awareness and knowledge so that's where i think digital really helps play grocery wise when you start thinking about hardware you start thinking about you know uh, consumer electronics online's a little bit heavier shift but there's still a group that want to touch and feel security cameras uh i mean i mean smart home is exploding just go to a costco and look Sixteen thousand rows of various uh cameras and camera options no one that doesn't understand that is going to be able to look at it online and fully get it but when they're in the store they're looking at those things and saying hey you know maybe this is something i'm looking at buying in fact costco was really big into doing that when they were rolling out appliances i mean they're not going to have washers and dryers in the back room but they have kiosks that say here's a kitchen set here is a bathroom set whatever that happens to be and using QR codes or using, you know, your, your marketing to help bounce people back and actually get the sales. So I think strategically, um, you know, you still got to have the data. I mean, because you still got to sell it to the other retailer, you still got to tell them, hey, th- these are the top items in the country. These are the top trends going on in these segments. These are the ways to look at these things. And this is the way that I would probably take an appointment at trying to get that online.
2: Yeah. How have you, uh, that's probably a good segue here. How have you seen that evolve those retailer conversations and I am, in in my experience working with the suppliers that I do, a lot of this now is you got to walk in with some data back decisions like gut feel and experience and some nice photos and you know, a new planogram set that you set up in the meeting room doesn't cut it anymore. How have you seen in your career kind of data take more of a front seat in what the retailer is willing to do or suggestions that they're willing to accept?
1: Yeah. So I'll go back uh, like early two thousands, and we were I was working with a, a retailer in the Midwest who was starting to roll out grocery, and you know they were very visual focused. They were very visually appealing. They were very much about their guest. You can figure out who it is. Their shopper, and um, when you would go in to present to them, they would say, "You yeah, know, this is all great. Let's let's look to see what the planogram looks like." They would flip to the back page. Nowadays, you have maybe three to five slides. If you're if if you're lucky, you don't have a lot of time, you have a pretty high level guy who's all about, hey, at the end of the day, I don't care about your brand. Only if it helps my category. What is the category? Well, the category is this. So um, uh, I think we've gone to the point where there's so much information. So it's about tell me what's selling how it's selling in your world, POS. Tell me how it's selling in the marketplace. Um, Or quite frankly, if your POS extends across a lot of your customers, taking not just one customer, but all your customers, hey, uh, here's what we've seen across our customer base. Here's what the category is telling me through Nielsen, IRI IMPD. Here's what the shopper's telling me through a numerator, a household panel data. And then here's kind of what our quantitative and qualitative sense. So they're looking for a little bit of a surround sound of various information um, to help you know drive that it's it's a consumer want. Because at the end of the day, consumer, really dictates what the category is and the definition is the shopper kind of dictates how it's bought and purchased. So, you know, it all starts at, at the level of, you know, understanding the sales, understanding the velocities, understanding the supply chain. And then the other piece that I think is, is become very helpful is is trying to become that category leader. So if I just bring in, you know, information and I just give them a report weekly, you're probably not going to get asked to the table. If you start bringing strategic insights, which, you know, those are insights that take more than just a report every week. It's like, tell me where, they're, where else they're shopping. What's the share of wallet? What's buyer conversion? What's going on in these other markets? Because if my data set only is this, is this small piece and I don't have uh, the full surround sound, why would, I, why would I buy that item? I mean, one of the easiest ways we used to sell things in, and I used to work with um, like the carriers which don't, which have a very limited assortment. Um, And we were trying to sell tablets into a carrier. And, you know, they're like, you know, we don't really have the space for that. We're all about phones. And I'm like, but here's the problem, is the person that's walking into your store is buying a phone. And they're coming in about once every two to three years. And, but they also have a computer, and they also have a TV, and they also have a tablet. The list is gonna go on, and guess what? That shopper's going elsewhere to buy that tablet elsewhere and and that got the guy thinking like like well, what do you mean they're, they're buying it elsewhere it's like well you're not even in the consideration set because they mm-hmm. only come in every two years so you know and i know that from just basic household information household share of wallet the share of wallet is you know a converter is someone who buys your category just not from you they're right. buying it someplace but they're just not buying it from you well we know that 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 um that carrier person is going to an electronic store It's going to a mass store it's going to a club store you've lost that trip how valuable is that trip for you that trip is the one item that draw the one case which drew the one profit i mean it just it just it just multiplies right so you know i really really think that 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 opportunity to bring that extra uh, then says that merchant, that, that DMM, that, that general manager is going to call you and say, Hey, I want to reset this section to really have this smart home feel. What do you think? You know, we were asked by you know, retailers way in the past, like, Hey, we want to create food avenues. We want to create food for, um, for the masses. You know, we are traditionally a clothing type store. So how do we do that? And, and one of the ideas we came up with is like, put things into meal occasions, the way people eat. So right. if, you, if you go into a target, the category of snacks and food and all that it's called lunchbox because that's things you stick in a lunchbox. That's the category that consumers dictated that because they put all these things in the, in their basket. But guess when they didn't do it when they were in different aisles. So if you have pouch, this macaroni and cheese here, snacks over here, animal crack you have it all in different aisles. They're not going to shop necessarily every one of those aisles. The average shoppers like 40 minutes, like that's the average trip. Like, Walmart said, hey, I'll have 100 foot of cereal so that they'll, they'll put more in the basket. But so strategically doing that, a lot of companies came up with ideas about doing that. Having milk next to cereal. Wow, there's a concept. I, I use it about 90% of the time, right? right. So complimentary items next to it. That is category thought leadership. If you win, a ba- if you win you know the, the ability to do that, you have the opportunity to help shape the way things go. And you know what? You don't have to be big. I was the third-place cereal guy, and I had that captainship. I was the third-place coffee guy, a very huge company that will go rename nameless, kick my butt up and down the street. But we came with really good strategic insights. We also had Starbucks come to us and say, we would like you to help us merchandise. And so all of a sudden, the idea of premium coffee came out, right? So you you, you don't have to be the big guy on the corner. You have to be the objective guy on the corner. The objective guy wins because again what did i just say the brand doesn't matter as much but if you can help me grow my category you win and if Mike, a discussion with a with a, a leader there is about the category even though i'm representing your brand you still win you win all ties i mean every tie you you, you know you win and and that helps you present and gain presence and if you don't gain the presence i mean you're you're, you're really struggling and again everything that you have is that data on the back end to help do that
2: We've seen some of that in the hardware channel where I uh, yeah. can't remember if it's Lowe's or Home Depot, but they're starting to group products together by project. So if you're yeah. doing roofing, you need some shingles, you'll have shingle nails in that same aisle, or you'll have the roofing hammer or whatever, you know, whatever other security products all in that one aisle, because that's how you want to shop. And they want to make it convenient to shop, as opposed to walking through the entire store, trying to find all the components that you need for your lunchbox as you, uh, as yeah. you referenced there, right? Yeah, I, I think those,
1: the um, the really good retailers have these, you know, they all have these little stores, store within a store, you know, Target, Lowe's, Home Depot, Walmart, you know, I've kind of been involved in all those. And, and the reason they build those is, is so, Hey, it's not two dimensional. It's like, Hey, here's what my planogram looks like on paper. Um, I can't see the depth or anything, or I don't even know if a person's walking by it. And that gives a live feel because again, it's that shopping experience. Like, Hey, yeah. all my shelves, are all like this on a straight line did i cut should i break them up to break up the monotony of stuff i mean you know like campbell's soup such a great company such an iconic brand and and it's all the same can it all looks the same but their skills are crazy why because they get people to you know they do it in alphabetical order they i mean they 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 have sent they've gotten you trained to go do that but they also come up with innovative and interesting ideas that get you into that aisle right
0: sure. and i
1: think the good ones know are looking for that looking for that partnership And, all, and hey, it, it's if you don't have the data I mean you're just like hey here's what my gut says well you know my guts 55 years old I, I don't know I mean it's a good thing or a bad thing
2: well and I think you know uh, gut feeling instinct is filled in the warehouse because yep. there's racks of products that never moved for whatever reason I was guilty of that in the past and I've lived to live to offload that at a very heavy discount so it didn't gather any yeah. more dust, right Yeah. I mean, when I was in the
1: food business and a lot of our products ran out of date, you know, dating, you know, especially in the meats and the cheeses of the world. And and not because we oversold, but just trends took a turn. I mean, seasonality, like, so when I was talking about Catman, you, you define the category, you give it a role, um, you assess it, you come up with a scorecard to kind of understand it, strategy, tactic, you implement it in category view, but that role piece, is this a destination category? Is this a routine? Is it seasonal? Is it convenience? Understanding those pieces. And, and in different retailers, it may be different, but you know, a, a high seasonality category is going to have ebbs and flows, which again, that's what your data helps to show. If you only looked at your data during COVID, you're probably in trouble right now. If you didn't look at two years ago, yeah. You know and if you only thought about those last two years i mean and i i think that's kind of what's happening today there's a lot we only looked at this the subset if a lot of these third-party data guys like hey guys you've got to go back to 2018 2019 and even though online and offline has changed um it's slowly coming back i mean even best buy told us that a couple years ago they said hey it was like 84 percent online and then it kind of came back to a to a more realistic number still higher than 2018 2019 but still significantly lower so again, in store became back back important. You know, in store is not going to go away anytime soon. Um, it just may change. The, the dynamics may change. So,
2: yeah, I agree. There's a lot of showrooming going on in the store yeah. these days, particularly like if you want to buy a 75 inch television and your car can only fit a 50 inch television, you're going to go to the store. If you like what you see, you're going to go home, order it online, and get it yeah. delivered, right? You, you know what? No one has ever said
1: when they buy a TV, when they come to bring it back, you know, we should have gotten the smaller one never happened and his so. i mean when i was selling that for samsung we would go walk these stores and this store guy was with us he's like hey man listen to this conversation and the guy's like yeah we, we had this 55 inch and um man I, I really wanted a bigger one and he said he they, they'll never say a smaller one you know and then even when you put we put the 75 inch you know compliments of samsung giving me a heck of a discount uh in my room and i'm like man i could have gone 88 i i could have gone i could have gone bigger on that thing you know i mean yeah, it's like The scale is one to one, right?
2: Yeah. Hey, Russ, we're going to wrap it up here. We're at the 25-minute mark, so I'll throw it to you for kind of the last minute kind of wrap-up for those who are new to category management. Um, Give us a little bit of blurb about your business, what you're doing, how people can get a hold of you, because I'm sure you're going to be able to help them out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so um, we're we're all about how we drive people to your product. You know um you know we're not necessarily a, a pos data tool um, i'm about like how do i think about writing your category strategies using category management and shopper marketing so how do i take data that you probably already have or data that we can advise you on create category stories create category strategies uh utilize uh shopper marketing whether it's you know building planograms or advising you on how to build them having the right assortment and the right retailers having the right channel strategy How do we do those things and then implement it at retail and or online uh, to help you gain, whether it's product awareness, category captainships, things of that nature. Category analytics group is really surrounded around four different pillars, helping you understand the market, helping you write category strategies, helping you develop and optimize your retail assortment and your shelving. And then, quite frankly, the fourth pillar, which is a little different, is like we're looking to help train. Like I need my people to understand what is an insight. Like I wrote about here's data versus information versus insight, help people understand how to write one, help people understand an efficient process or even help in an org design that you're looking to do category management. Do I have the right tools? Do I have the right people? Do I have, we can help do that piece too. So we're category analytics group. I'm at catmananalytics.com, analytics.com. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me actually on this. And, uh, and we're absolutely excited to, to help and, and drive any part of your business big or small uh, no challenge so big we write we go after one category at a time
2: fantastic well thanks for joining me today it's been a fun session I'm sure we're going to do another one because we just started to kind of unpack the whole piece but it uh, hey 25 I told you 25 minutes is going to go fast so thanks That's again great. for your time we look forward to having you back soon and in our follow-up post we'll put your contact details so everyone can reach out when they need Perfect. Some uh, help, guidance, and support with their category management strategies.
1: Thanks, Doug and Crossbox.
2: Appreciate it. See ya. Hey, as we wrap up today's episode, thanks for tuning in on LinkedIn, YouTube, and the pointofsaledataguy.com. Website. We streamed live. We had a little technical uh, glitch at the start, so hopefully you're able to catch us. I'll replay this on LinkedIn. It'll also be a podcast on the Point of Sale Data Minute available on your favorite podcast app. A special shout out to Crunchbox today for their sponsorship, to the COPA folks, and the CHPTA for your continued uh, partnership with the Point of Sale Data Minute. I appreciate it and look forward to seeing everyone online again in a couple of weeks for our next episode. Have yourself a great day.